The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What up, Grizz Nation? You're tuned in to the Hoop Ball Grizz Podcast. Isaac Simpson with you, and you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. You can get the podcast on Twitter at Hoopball Grizz. Make sure you go over there and give us a follow. We appreciate that. Along with me is my partner in crime and co-host, David Williams. And you can find him on Twitter at DWell2111. David, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Good. Uh, enjoying this summer league basketball. Ready to see some of the new rookies. Definitely, man. It's It's been been fun, man. Grizzlies 1-1 one one at a big blowout in the first game where they played a lot of roster players. Didn't play any roster players last night and kind of had a, had a tough game. But they'll be back at it. Uh, tomorrow night against the San Antonio Spurs, so make sure you tune into that. But we're excited, man. As you know, the Grizzlies traded up from 40 to 30 to take Loyola Maryland standout Santi Aldama. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us here on the program today. He is an assistant coach for the Loyola Greyhounds and was the lead recruiter for Santi Aldama. He is Ivo Sabovic. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're, we're doing good down here in Memphis, man. We're excited uh, to, to have Santi Santi Alamo aboard with the Grizz. But before we talk about Santi, we'd like to like to learn a little bit more about you and your journey. You've had several different stops and different roles, one being a scout with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, tell us your, your story prior to landing at Loyola. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I was all over the world coaching. Uh, originally born and raised in Serbia. I coached in one of the biggest teams over there uh, named Restar. That's a big EuroLeague team. Uh, I worked there for eight years. Uh, got offer in Spain to be head coach in Madrid for like almost nine years. I spent nine years in Madrid in Spain. Uh, after that, I made a decision to, you know, start exploring a little bit U.S. basketball. Uh, got offer for San, from San Antonio Spurs to be their international scout and assistant coach during the summer league. Uh, spent great almost four years with the Spurs. And after that, I moved to college, went to Connecticut spent uh, two years at University of Hartford, uh, one year with the coach Mark Price at the uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte. And this is my, this is going to be my fourth year at uh, Loyola Maryland University. Yeah, man, you, you definitely, definitely paid your dues, man. Definitely been all over a lot of experience uh, that you bring to Loyola. And, and I saw your tweet and it reads, I'm very excited for Santi and his family. Uh, Loyola is sitting a great player and unbelievable person to the Memphis Grizzlies. Keep being who you are and enjoy every moment. Hashtag Circle of Trust. Hashtag Loyola Great. I, mean, I thought that was a fantastic and heartfelt tweet, man. You guys seem to be really close. Before we talk about Santi, the player, and, and what he brings on the court, tell us about Santi, the person. Yeah, as I said in that tweet, uh, Santi's uh, coming from a great family. Uh, his dad played basketball. Uh, his uncle played high-level basketball. Uh, dad played, if you remember, Barcelona, uh, first dream team original dream team, like 1992, that played against wow. that team for Spanish national team. So he's coming from basketball family, mom, uh, younger brother, all great people. So Santi is a product of, of, of that kind of family. So he's really, really great guy. Unbelievable, humble, uh, uh, educate. Uh, I mean, there is no person probably at Loyola, if you ask whoever you ask about Santi, they're going to tell you all the best. Unbelievable kid. And Audible was the first Greyhound player selected since 1989, man. Talk about how special that accomplishment was for you, Coach Hardy, and the entire program in the university there at Loyola. Yeah, I mean, this is really special day for that. was really special day for us, uh, for all of us, for schools, for, for our basketball program. 
uh, we went to Spain. Actually, we spent we spent that draft night with Santi and his family. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit with the jet lag right now because you know the time difference and everything. I just came back from Spain, and uh, you know I'm so glad that uh, that he got drafted, and uh, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna have unbelievable career, a long and unbelievable career in NBA. I mean, great, great for our program, great for our guys, for our players, coaches, uh, for entire university. Yeah, and, and you talk about that. You're over in Spain with with Santi, his family, and the rest of the, the coaching staff in there, Loyola. Uh, kind of talk about that moment when when he got the phone call that the Grizzlies were taking him. Yeah, that was that was a special moment. So uh, we were about like you know twenty closest people to to Santi and his family uh, in his in his uncle house. Uh, you know, we were waiting to see uh, wh- what is going to happen. I was pretty sure that he's going to get drafted. Uh, and, you know, once they called one day, once they called his name, number 30, first round pick, like, you know, crazy emotions inside the room, uh, mom and dad and entire family coaching staff who were there with him. We got super excited and happy because of him. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies really showed their commitment to him, moving up from 40 to 30. Uh, straight to 40 a pick and two future second round picks to get up to get him. So I think they really saw something in him that they liked. And reading Sunday's comments, he, he seemed to be kind of surprised that the Grizzlies were the team taking him. There were reports that Oklahoma City had promised him that they would told him that they were going to kind of take him, and that's why he kind of shut down some workouts. Uh, you may not be able to say much on this, and I totally understand if that's the case. But had he heard from the Grizzlies prior to them taking him at all, or, or was that kind of a, a surprise? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really familiar with uh, with uh, every detail. I know you probably know that Santi didn't do any kind of workouts here, and you know he moved he moved to Spain basically after the season, and he spent time with the uh, with the coaches there and uh, and his family. So I'm not really familiar with uh, every single detail. But yeah, I heard the same thing about Oklahoma City Thunder. I heard uh, about Indiana Pacers that they were ready. I think 31 to take him, like 31 or something like that. So definitely great move by by Memphis Grizzlies to move the draft pick and uh, the trade that they did with uh, with Utah Jazz was definitely, definitely smart move. Yeah, we're talking with uh, Loyola Maryland assistant Evo Sabovic here on the Hoopball Quiz podcast. Uh, you were the lead recruiter for Aldama. Uh, tell us the story of how you first discovered him and how did that recruitment go? Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I coached in Spain for 10 years almost. And, you know, uh, basket, basketball world is small, so... I connected with Santi's dad, who's also a basketball guy. He played 17 or I don't know how long, 15 years pro. And uh, we connected and Santi was super young. And, uh, you know, uh, we had kind of relation like uh, uh, every year when I go and play at Gran Canaria, I met the family, I spent time with them. And uh, once I moved to college, uh, basically his dad, his dad called me, you know what, I want my son to be with you. So uh they trusted me i trusted them uh that was uh in that moment like probably surprising for everyone because santi got his uh before his freshman year he got an mvp of the fiba under 18 which is big deal overseas and uh if you see like last 17 or 18 uh mvps under 18 fiba uh most of them like some of them they're lottery picks and they're like most of them they're nba players so uh, that's a big deal. So officially, uh, he came to Loyola as the best European player of that age. So, uh, you know, he had a bunch of offers, a uh, uh, lot, of, lot of teams from all over the, the country here, a lot of schools, ACC, Pac-12, all those schools offer. And, you know, 
I felt like, you know, Santi wanted to be with us and uh, I trusted him. He trusted me. And uh, the product of, uh, of that is a first round NBA pick. Oliver really, he dominated in the Patriot League last year. 6'11", 215 pounds, averaging 21.2 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal, almost two blocks, and more importantly, 37% from three. Like, we really love that down here in Memphis as he really fits that mold of kind of a modern-day NBA big. Uh, Tell us about Sonny as a player. Yeah, I mean, you said 215. 215 was his freshman year. He's 224 right now. And uh, he's getting bigger, uh, obviously. uh, 6'11", 7 feet tall guy who can shoot and handle the ball at that level. It looks, when you watch our games on Synergy, it looks we have a guard who's like 6'5". That's how he moves on the floor and that's how how good with the ball is he. So uh, I spoke with a lot of scouts and, you know, GMs and people, NBA people called me uh, during the year. And I always said one thing, uh, can you name one or more two players in this NBA draft who are capable to do what Santi is capable to do? Just like you know, handle ball, shoot, play inside out, be so versatile and talented. Uh, you know, I'm uh, honestly, I'm not surprised that he dominated in Patriot League. Like uh, Patriot League, unfortunately, we couldn't play non-conference. Uh, part of the plan and, you know, to develop him as a player was play play uh, good competition. And uh, unfortunately, because of the COVID now this year, he didn't play any non-conference. But yeah, I mean, he definitely dominated like he was a by far the best player in the Patriot League. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, man. I, I watched some film on him, man. I was super impressed. He definitely fits, like I said, the, the modern-day NBA big and what, what scouts look for for big guys now. A guy can play inside, like you said. He can step out, shoot from the mid-range, can shoot from three, can handle the basketball, really get out and transition. And I think that'll work, play really well with the Memphis Grizzlies because they're a team that yeah. likes to get out and run with, with John Morant. So I think he'll fit in nicely there, and they can always use – more three-point shooting, and he definitely brings that. Um, I would say something. I would just say something really quick. So his shooting percentages, I think, would be way better uh, than 37 or whatever was his percentage. Um, he played with a broken finger whole year. So a uh, couple of couple of maybe like week and a half before season start, he broke his finger. And our medical staff, they told him, like, you know, you cannot play. You got to do, you got you're done. For six weeks, Santi he he refused to to you know just you know don't play. He didn't want to do that, and uh, he played with a broken finger, which is which is not easy. You know, basketball is the game that you use arms, so that was a uh, that was pretty tough for him. Wow, yeah, that that's pretty impressive, and that, I think that's a testament to his work ethic. Uh, so we definitely like to like to hear that a guy that's not gonna not gonna let an injury slow him down, man. Kept playing, and again. Playing at a high level, man, that, that's really, really impressive. Um, la- last thing, man, before we go, and, and I'm, I'm sure this is the number one thing on Grizzlies fans' minds. I'm not sure if you know exactly, but when it comes to to, to Santi, does he plan to join the Grizzlies in Vegas for summer league? Is he coming over this year, or does he plan on staying in Spain? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the plan is uh, to join a summer league team, so you guys are going to be able to see him in the next couple of days. And... Uh, you know, the plan is to probably stay with the Memphis. So with the Memphis Grizzly this year and, uh, you know, he's excited about that. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that he's ready for that. Yeah, man, we're, we're excited, man, to watch and cover Santi as he continues his development. I mean, he's doing a fantastic organization with the Memphis Grizzlies. And you go back to that word development, man. Coach Jenkins and his staff have a tremendous track record in player development. So if there's any organization that will 
helping this maturation process on and off the floor would definitely be the Memphis Grizzlies. So he's in great hands down there, man. We definitely definitely keep in touch, man, as, as Santi matures and, and goes on this time in the league. Really thank you for taking taking the time to join us. Uh, and it's definitely great for Sunday for to have someone like you in his corner, man. seems like you guys are really close, and we definitely appreciate your insight. I'm sure the fans here in Memphis will love listening to, to what you had to say about Santi. And, again, man, we're, we're excited down here. Thank you for having me, and you guys got a good one, a great one. So I'm pretty excited about Memphis organization and Santi as well. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Good stuff Loyola, there, man. Yeah, man. Loyola assisted uh, Evo Samovich, man. It's not just – wasn't just his coach, man. It seems like he's a guy that's known the family and, and been around Santi, I'm sure – probably through his younger days, man. So he, if anyone knows, has any insight on, on Aldama, it's going to be him, man. It's good stuff, man. Um, Cause he's kind of a, a mystery, man. I don't think a lot of people in Memphis knew much about him coming in at, when, when they took him. I'm sure a lot of people were scratching their heads. It was like, man, we, we don't know much about this kid and playing up in the Patriot league. Just like you said, I mean, it's not, especially during the COVID year, you are just not going to see a lot of Loyola on TV. Uh, but if you watch the film, man, he jumps out on you and he dominated in that league the way that you expect an NBA draft pick to, to do so. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing is, you know, I, I was having a conversation with one of my buddies and he's kind of a, he's a casual fan. You know, he, he, he likes basketball. The Grizzlies are his team. He doesn't really get into it uh, very deep. And it's not because he wouldn't, it's just, he has life and there's other things that he devotes his time to. But, you know, when they took him and we, we were talking about it, he's like, man, I, like what's going on? What do you know about this kid? And I I didn't know this is a guy that we didn't cover heading into the draft. So after they picked him, I'm going straight to film. Like I'm I'm going in and yeah. I'm watching. And, and like you said, he definitely stands out when you go and you watch any of the film from uh, any of their games this year. He you can tell that he was the dominant guy on the court. And and just like Coach said, talking about his ability to handle the ball and pass the ball as a as a seven footer, just it, it's going to be very interesting to see how he comes along. And also, I've said it through this whole draft process this year, I don't believe that Jaron is a true five. I'm hoping that they take a shot at somebody that's a true five. And Aldama seems to be, especially in the modern-day era, like a guy that can rebound, a guy that can play make, that can shoot the ball. He's going to fit very well with this team. And I'm glad that they've got somebody that could possibly develop into the starting five. And that's even outside of Xavier Tillman. You know, Tillman may still develop into being that guy, even though he's undersized. But uh, I really like the skill set that Aldama has and what he's going to bring to the table. And, you know, with Coach telling us right there that he is going to be over for summer league, dude, I'm pumped. I cannot wait to see this kid play with uh, with the Grizzlies. Yeah, that was the biggest thing for me because I wasn't sure. I mean, you had heard reports that basically he was saying that he was in Spain and he didn't even want to get drafted there. He was telling teams to not take him. Now, that could have been because Oklahoma City shut it down. There's been some rumors that Oklahoma City promised him, and that's kind of why he shut down workouts and didn't really do any Zoom meetings. And then Coach even threw Indiana in there at 31 as a team that was looking at him. So that would make a lot of sense is why the Grizzlies felt like they had to jump up to 30 to go up there and get him. And again, man, you go back to Zaire and even with Santi and going up to get Desmond Bain and trading to get uh, Brendan Clark, this front office has shown that they're going to go get their guys if they had yeah. an opportunity. And I think that's exactly what we saw here. And you talk about his game, man. You go look at 
the film. I mean, this guy gets steals, get out and transition. I mean, he gets it and goes, but he can get to the basket. I mean, he does a little bit inside and outside. Looks like he's a pretty good passer, high IQ basketball player. So, I mean, and I'm not, I don't want to put Marcus All comparisons on him. And I know it's kind of lazy. People say a Spanish big man, and you're going to say Marcus All, but you <laughs> see, see some of that, that, that in him, man. Some of the passing ability and the IQ stuff. I, I don't think he'll be exactly the same player as, as Mark. So don't, Say that, that that's not exactly what I'm saying, but <laughs> high, IQ wise, you, I think you can see. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, Marcus I, Hall, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Santi Aldama is going to be the next Marcus Hall. Hey, I'm here for it, bro. If he is, you, you we we all know what Gasol done for this franchise. So you know, if he is, man, sign me up. It, it's uh, man, the, going going back to the the, the trade talk, the trade ups. That this is the thing. Like this front office seems to be very well put together i guess is kind of the best way to say it like they they have a plan they know what that plan is and we sit back and we question because we don't know we we don't have access to all the insight that they have we were mad on draft night because they took yar some some fans were mad on draft night because they took zaire at 10 thinking man why did you get rid of jv you didn't have to trade up you could have got him at 17 and then now looking back and, and talking to uh to coach there maybe not just maybe, you know, like they definitely had some, some form of insight saying, Hey, if you wait till here, this guy's not going to be there. And so they, they pulled the trigger and I'm glad that they're not scared to do that because I feel like with past front offices, they would be maybe a little bit too passive and just take what falls to you. And some, sometimes that's good if you make the right pick, but you know, you, you go back to the string of bad picks and they didn't do that. So, you know, when when they target a guy, the fact that they are willing to go out and give up what it takes to get the guy that they want, I'm I, I like that a lot. And I think I think one thing about this the Grizzlies organization in the past, prior to this regime, is there was always a question of, of who's in charge here. I mean, you go back to the Levian area, there was talk that, that Chris Wallace was the GM just, but it was just a figurehead, and you had other guys behind the scenes, pulling the strings, you go back to Michael Heisley and the Baronies, even though they had Chris Wallace in place, it was like, this was Heisley's pick, or Tony Baroni made this decision, and you just never knew what, who was making these decisions. I think there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen, because you go back to the debate thing, and there's word that every every guy in that front office had a different guy, and mm -hmm. I think Heisley won out. I think the beat was his guy. I've heard that Chris Wallace wanted to take Tyreek Evans which would have been a better pick, and Wallace gets blamed for that. And who knows what really happened? You'll never know, but that's just kind of the stuff that you heard coming out of that front office. I think now these guys, Zach Kleiman, Rich Cho, Taysom Prince, I think these guys are all on, on, on the same wavelength, and I think they make these picks as a collective instead of each guy having all this. I think they come to an agreement to decide the moves that they're making, and I think that's kind of what you want to see from your front office. You don't want these guys to be all over the place, and I think that's kind of what we – we had prior to this regime. So again, man, I, I, I applaud them for going up and get their guys. And they have several examples of doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think that's another something with Santi. And, he, and I asked him about that moment when he got that call. I saw some of the pictures, man. And, and you can just tell how excited that family was uh, to, to get his name called. And, and you talk, you just hit on it a second ago. I mean, the Grizzlies had him. He said at 31 that the Pacers mm -hmm. were possibly going to take him. So, I mean, you, you jump up one spot ahead of them into the first round, and that makes it a guaranteed deal. I mean, take me the second round is not guaranteed. Now he's a guaranteed contract. So that yeah. means they really wanted him. 
And I'm excited to hear, like you said, that he's going to possibly be here in Vegas in a couple, a few days with the team because I think him and Zaire, I want to see them out there uh, getting some playing time because these are two guys that they've invested in uh, that, that need to grow um, and to get that opportunity. It was great. I, I was kind of disappointed when I felt like possibly that he wasn't planning on coming over this year. But it's good to hear, and we talked about this on the last podcast, what does this mean for Killian Tilly, um, a, a guy who kind of fits the same mold, a guy that, that's 6'10", that can shoot the basketball. Now, I think Santi is a better all-around player. Um, now, the Grizzlies extended the qualified offer, which makes Tilly a restricted free agent. But both of these guys are going to have to be on the 15. And I just find it hard to see both of these guys being on the roster, especially when they're already in a roster crunch. And Santi, I mean, they just gave him a guaranteed contract uh, and picked him in the first round. You got to think if it's one or the other, Santi's going to be the guy. And I hate that because I think Tilly is a guy that, that has some experience uh, that deserves to be on a roster and to develop. So somebody else might pick him up and Grizzlies might look out a couple years down the line and kick himself. But I think Santi's going to be a tremendous player. And I think he has a lot of upside in a, in a kid that I can't wait to watch grow. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, I, I was looking, you know, just kind of digging through stats on Aldama and he, he, his minutes increased in his second season, his sophomore season, he went from 30 to 35 minutes a game and, and I'm looking at defensive stats and it's like he, he, he was at 1.7 blocks per game playing 30 minutes. And then he went up to the 35 minutes a game and it stayed at 1.7. And I'm like, Man, you know, I know five more minutes is not a ton of time, but I would have liked to have seen that rise, you yeah. know, see that go up. But then when you dig into it, you dig a little bit deeper and you look at his defensive rating, his his block, like the then, you know, it didn't you didn't see an increase there. So production kind of went down. But his defensive rating from his freshman to his sophomore year improved six points. So, wow, you know, good. like he, he had a even though you didn't see the block number increase and you can't, you know, blocks and steals are not all of defense. Dylan Brooks is a is a prime example of that. He doesn't get a lot of love from um, advanced metrics because he doesn't steal the ball a ton. He doesn't block the ball a ton. But we all know and we watch Dylan and we see that he's a, you know, a huge impact player on the defensive end. So, you know, those numbers don't tell you everything. But, you know, th those are things that we look at when, whenever we're analyzing a player, when we're, you know, watching film and breaking them down, you know, we're, we're paying attention to stats. So to see that defensive rating improve, you know, th that's saying, okay, either he bought into the, the team scheme a little bit more or, you know, he, he was a little bit better with his hands. There's a number of different things that could lead to the improvement. But when I didn't see the increase in blocks with the uptick in minutes, I was afraid that I'm like, man, just kind of made me wonder. And then whenever I done a little more digging, I saw that increase. I'm like, Hey, all right, I'll take that. That's a, you know, you don't have to block three shots a game. You know, if your defensive rating has uh, improved that much. Yeah. We, we talk so much about his offense and what he can do on the end. I, on that end, I think he has potential as a two way player. Um, and, and as I told coach Samovic, this organization has done a great job of developing talent. Um, I mean, you see, how, how the rookies that they drafted, uh, guys like Xavier Tillman, and were able to step in and, and really play. And even veteran guys like Kyle Anderson, the strides that Dylan Brooks, Brooks has made. Uh, this coaching staff has, has really done a good job of it. And I always go back to uh, me asking uh, Coach Quinn Snyder back during the playoffs about his relationship, him and 
Taylor Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins coached under him in the G League, and I asked him uh, about their relationship, and he said the first thing that stood out with him with a very young coach, Taylor Jenkins, was his relationships and the way that he helps players develop. And, again, I mean, any rookie, I think, if you kind of look at the history of this team, they should love to be drafted by Memphis. And I think that's one thing that, that makes me feel better about the Zion Williams pick is I, I think that they're a coaching staff that's going to be able to to bring out his strengths. They know what he needs to work on, and they're going to key in on those aspects. And, and hopefully he's going to going to improve on them. And the same thing with, with Aldama. But I think this could be a guy that ends up being a steal. I mean, I, I think being in the Patriot League, kind of people kind of blow that off and like, oh, well, you can't take those numbers into consideration. But as Coach Samovic mm-hmm. said, I mean, he had offers from all over. So it's, it doesn't sound like this is a guy that had to play there. It sounds like he went to Loyola because of the relationship with him and his family yeah. trusted him and wanted him to be there. So I think this could end up being a steal, man, and I'm excited about it. And again, man, it looks like he's going to be in Vegas with the team, man, and that's that's going to be fun, man. I can't wait to watch it. 100%, man. The small school thing – Ja Morant, and that's all I'm going to say. That's yeah. it. Like, don't, don't come with me. That Don't talk to me about the small school thing. The best player on our team, and he has a good chance to be the best player in the history of the franchise, came from a small school. So, yeah, you know, OVC, you know, like small conference doesn't necessarily mean anything, man. That That's, uh, you know, I, I think that recruiters sometimes get tunnel vision because, you know, Ja played on the same AAU team as Zion. You're telling me that these scouts went out to watch Zion and didn't see anything from Ja? Yeah. I'm not buying it, dude. Like, they they were tunnel vision. They were not paying attention to anybody else on the floor. They were watching Zion. And so, you know, it, I, I don't – it doesn't scare me at all. Like, let, let him get in here and work with his coaching staff. And by him, I mean Aldama. Get in here and work with his coaching staff. And let's see what happens because he – just look at the numbers, look at the film, and I think you'll be selling him pretty early on. And that's the the difference between this pick and the Zaire pick for me was it translated in the college game. You saw Aldama be effective at the college level, and there's a lot of uncertainty with Zaire because he just didn't really produce at Stanford. I understand all of the underlying circumstances and stuff like that, but like you said, the the ability of this coaching staff to develop talent just looking back over the growth that we've seen from these guys that are currently on the team i'm here for it i'm you know if they can turn zaire into somebody that's effective with his frame and athletic ability it could be very scary i'm telling you man brandon ingram man is the guy that i i look at and look at zaire and think that's what i would like him to be at, at his ceiling and I, man, that would be. I think your bar is uh, too low, bro. I really you, do. You, you want to go higher than that? Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, hate to. Honestly, I hate to go crazy. I hate to go crazy. Yeah, but I think, like, uh, you, you know how I am whenever it comes to player comparisons, right? Like, I yeah, I, hate I mean, I, I hate them too. I hate when, them too. When people but. are like, "Oh, this is the next Kobe Bryant," or this is like, <laughs> this is there's Michael levels Jordan. to it, right? Like, I think like, of Deshaun Stevenson. NBA Draft.net had Michael Jordan for Deshaun Stevenson, so that. That lets you know right there about these these damn fair comparisons, man. Yeah, so I, I just, you know, Brett, if he gets to the Brandon, in- Brandon Ingram level, am I going to be disappointed? Absolutely not. Brandon Ingram is a stud. But I just, I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff. And with the size and the ability to handle the ball, 
there's only one other guy in the league that's doing that at that size, man. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, I noticed you know, where you were going. That that is. I Zaire, when he's talking about it, he, yeah. he talked about Simply looking to, to Kevin Durant. So the, the, the shot, the length, I'm not saying that he's going to get there, but I would not set my, my ceiling level at Brandon Ingram. I would, I would love to see it get higher than that, but y- you never know. I, I'm not saying that this kid is going to develop into Kevin Durant. I didn't flip that fast. I'm still waiting to see. I, I have faith in Taylor Jenkins and his coaching staff. Um, and we'll see what happens. I'm still salty that they didn't take Boke Knight. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to support uh, Zaire because he's a grizzly. Yeah, I think I think for years down the line, we're going to be comparing Zaire and his development to Boke Knight and, and Moody's. So we'll see how that plays out. But kind of go back to that point, I think one thing that drives that point home even more is that you have these kids that go to big school, big-time schools and, and bigger conferences to put up big-time numbers, and they end up being bust. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not a guaranteed science either way around. So I think you can't discredit these small school school kids. You have to look deeper than that. If you watch the film, I think there's a lot to like there from from Aldama. But um, uh, again, man, I want to thank Coach uh, Ivo Samovich for for taking a little time out with us. I mean, it seems like they're they're really close. I mean, and, and you talk about him Aldama as a person. It seems like he comes from a great great family, has a great support system growing up. And Ivo is even a guy that I think he lean zone is really close to. So I'll definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch with him. And as, a, as some, as Aldama continues to develop here in Memphis and I'm excited, man, let's go. looks like he's going to be out there in summer league in Vegas next week. And him and Zaire are going to get out there and do their thing. And I'm definitely going to be watching closely as I'm sure the rest of Grizz nation will as well, man, but we're going to go ahead and get out of here, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. I S A A C underscore rivals. Uh, you can find my man D will, David Williams on Twitter at dwill two one one one. Um, and before we get out of here, David, you got anything else you want to say? No, man. J- just enjoying this summer league stuff. Uh, some of the guys that we talked about in the discussions. This the two ways are going to be very interesting um, because Pons is playing extremely well. Weems is playing well, and you know McDermott limited minutes. I'm wondering if we don't see something happen with McDermott and one of these other guys end up, you know, like are both of these other guys end up with a two way, like, you know, Wallace played well last night. Yep. So, you know, the, I know that technically McDermott is under the, the only two way that the Grizzlies have right now, but I don't know that that's a, a guaranteed thing. I, I'm not sure how all the uh, logistics work with that as far as waving him or wh- whatever they need to do. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see one of these three other guys move into, you know, Weems, Ponds, or uh, Wallace move into that uh, other two-way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to down McDermott or anything like that, but I just think there are other guys with with more upside. I mean, we've seen McDermott around for a while. I think – I just don't know if he's developing the way that you like to see. I think there are guys with, with higher ceilings. And you talk about Ponds, man. I mean, he's – I, th- I think the bigger thing outside of athleticism and what he does defensive wise, I mean, you've seen some some lobs that he's called some crazy, crazy <laughs> dogs. He had one play with a with two blocks on the same play, uh, but I think he's three or five from three uh, in, in these two games, and that's something that we've talked about here. Shot twenty seven percent at Tennessee, but I think close to eighty percent from the free throw line. So you think there's some shooting upside there, and I think there was Matt Babcock who kind of yeah. said one of yep. the same some kind of the same thing I said on Twitter that if he could develop 
a mid-range shot or, or a capable three, be a capable three-point shooter, he's an NBA guy. So I think the yeah, Grizzlies, yeah, 100%. Gotta, yeah, I think the Grizzlies got to steal with him. I think he should have been drafted. I think no way you look at some of these guys that were drafted in the fifties and, and look at Pons and think that he's not as good as those guys. So I think the Grizzlies getting them in on a summer league deal and training camp deal. I think they did a tremendous job. Wings had a really good game the first game. Didn't play really well last night, but I think there's some upside with him. And Keith Wallace, uh, who, who's a guy that I know David really likes, I kind of likened him to a, to a poor man's Bones Island. I mean, you just kind of see that on his play last night. Played super hard and just a score. I mean, he's a bucket um, out there. So I think there's some some upside there. And, and Shaq Buchanan is a guy that played at Murray State, uh, one of Jaws' best friends who's been around the Grizzlies and the hustle for a while. Man, he's been playing really well in these two games as well. So, man, yeah, it, it's some good stuff. Well. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he really worked on his three-point shot, shooting with confidence, uh, it seems like. So, I mean, it's been, it's been fun to watch, man. Wasn't wasn't pretty last night, uh, but dominant in the first game, we saw Desmond Bain on a ball, which is something interesting. I don't know if that's just something Coach Radakovich is just doing for summer league, or is that something that they specifically want to work on to see if that's something that could, they could see at times in a regular season. So, that'll be interesting to watch. They, th- those guys might be back out there on tomorrow night when they take on the Spurs, didn't play in the second game. I think they just kind of wanted to see where some of these younger guys were, if they had anything. So, again, man, that last game of the Utah Summer League tomorrow night, they're going to move on to Vegas. It looks like we're going to have Zaire and Santi for that, man. So it should be fun. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Yeah, but we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Make sure you go over to at Hoopball Grizz. Give us a follow. We definitely appreciate that, man. This is definitely going to be one you want to check out. Uh Again, very thank you to Ivan Samovich and his insight. Uh, definitely found out a lot about Aldama. Um, and again, man, it's going to be fun watching this maturation process. And we'll be back uh, either later this week or sometime early next week for more Summer League talk uh, as we watch and, and, and see who's looking good out there. Uh, until next time, we're going. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.